Welcome to the From Self-Doubt to Success podcast. I'm your host, Estelle Petroquin, career transition coach and mindset mentor. I created this podcast to show you that your biography is not your destiny. At any moment, you can take back control of your life and transform it for the better. The way you've been conditioned to think is holding you back from creating your own version of success. If you feel like you're not living to your fullest potential and letting life happening to you instead of for you, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. You want to do that stuff? Okay, sounds good. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Hi, Jessica. Hi. Welcome to your podcast, the From South Out to Success podcast. Um, so just to let our listeners know how we met, we're actually both part of um, a group coaching program uh, that is called the Worthy Woman Method with uh, Jill Perrick. She's our coach. Uh, so we're like kind of part of the same community and um, it's really nice because we can really support each other, inspire each other um, and empower each other. And today I decided to interview Jessica Dumas. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's actually a French name, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Canada, we say Métis. So French Canadian Métis First Nation. It's a mixture. Okay. Okay. But it's, uh, it's the name of this French uh, famous author, Alexandre Dumas. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I have. <laughs> All right, so, so you're the descendant of someone famous. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, Jessica is a speaker coach. Uh, she's also a podcast host. She uh, has been a TED speaker, which I admire so much. And you're so much more. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about your professional journey and what led you to choose this career path. Sure. Well, thank you, Estelle. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, so I am a speaker coach. I've been a certified life coach since 2013. And so it was really everything that happened before that, that brought me like, there's, there's so many things that contribute to your journey. Right. Um, but ultimately, um, my younger brother was killed by the police in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where I grew up. And I was a young mom at the time. I have three sons now, but at the time I had two sons and mm -hmm. uh, my brother was 18 years old. So he's my little brother. How old were you? I was 27 years old. Oh my God. And, um, and so of course, something like that really, like, it just throws the world at you. Right. And you're, you're trying to figure out like, what the hell is going on in the world? Am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, good to know. <laughs> and, um, and so anyway, like it really exposed a lot of Canadian history to me, a lot of information that was really hidden to, to me as a first nation person in Canada. Mm -hmm. And, um, it really caused me I feel like I would have ended up somewhere in this realm anyway, but, but because that happened in my life, it really trajected me to figure out faster. What do I want to do with my life? What am I here for? I feel mm -hmm. like we're all on that journey and we all decide how quickly we get there. And depending on how we respond to situations that happen in our life, that's 
what dictates the time. And at the time I was like, what the hell is going on? Why am I here on this earth? And I really just started to question life and question my existence, my brother's existence. And just, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like my thinking just went beyond the planet. And I was like, what the hell am I here for? And I had always known as a young person that there, I had a calling and I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand it. It didn't make any sense. And I thought I was just, you know, like, I don't know, flighty because not that I had talked about it, but people made me feel like, because I had big ideas that I was just a dummy and unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I knew I had this passion. I knew I had something within me. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this life thing about? And uh, so, I mean, it's taken a lot of, like it started a long time ago, eventually um, a couple of, well, several years after my brother was killed, I, in search of work, in search of myself, I became a life coach. And as a life coach, I realized if I think that I want to help anyone, I need to help myself. I need to heal. I need to work on myself. I need to figure out Mm -hmm. what the fuck I think this life is about. And ultimately uh, it, for me, it was about speaking. It was about being a speaker, being a confident speaker. And in order to be a confident speaker, I had to go through some shit Mm -hmm. and, um, and then help others. Like ultimately I, someone asked me once, what do you love more speaking or speaker coaching? And I was like, that's a tough one. I love them both. I see myself on like, I love MC work. I love keynote speaking. That's that. I love that, but I love MC work. So I see myself like on big stages doing MC work, but then I also see myself supporting like big speakers who are addressing the world. Yeah. You know, you like, you yes, I guess. you don't need to choose. Exactly. And I don't want to choose. Those are the things that I want to do. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like what got me here. Um, what I find amazing, sorry to interrupt you, but is that you were just saying that when you were younger, you know, people would make fun of you with your big ideas. And in a way you were holding yourself back from speaking up and now you're teaching people to do that. So I find it, I find it so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what happened. And, and just like you, I'm very active on social media, on Instagram. And um, like, it's just another way to like be seen and take up space, which is a phrase that I like to use. So Mm -hmm. um, sharing the journey of losing my brother was, was like, I was approached, I was asked to do a TED talk. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I went through the whole phases of why me? Like, why do they want to hear my story? And like, is there any point to this? Is there going to like, you know, there, you question a lot of the value of your story and, um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. I almost called in sick to my Ted talk because of imposter syndrome and because of, you know, uh, questioning my worthiness. (laughs) <laughs> it came, I came up with a good story. 
Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, because you have to know that Jessica and I are part of this of this group coaching program that is uh, led by an imposter syndrome coach. So, right. so yeah. and I think everyone is impacted by that. Um but I'm I'm so happy you went through it anyways and, and you were able to to have this experience. Would you like to go again? I think I would. Yeah, especially because like I, I feel really confident in my niche right now about helping women use their voice to take up space. And um, the other day I was, I went for a drive and I was doing some of my inner work and praying. And I got this download of this message that I'm like, holy shit, this is good. And so like, I'm excited to start sharing that message. And can you share it with us now? Like the idea behind it? Well, ultimately, it's, I, I talk a lot about taking up space and, and taking up space to use your voice to change the world. And I don't know that everybody really understands the phrase taking up space because I, I use that a lot. And um, one of the things that I've been focusing on is how do I put that into words for people that don't understand? And taking up space mm -hmm. is energy. And so simple example, if, if, and this has happened to me, but you are a woman who walks into a boardroom where there's only eight men in suits, a woman changes the energy. And that mm -hmm. is that before she says anything, but also after she says anything. And so that's using your voice to take up space, to, to bring a voice into a space where it wasn't ever before. So when a woman of color enters a room and uses her voice, the energy changes. And mm -hmm. so when I like, oh my God, I get so fucking excited when I, when I think about sharing these messages. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thank you for asking. And yeah, and it's such a, you know, like I was really imagining the scene as you were describing it and it's so real because it is really our everyday life as as women you know coming into places where we feel like we we can't be powerful we can't really say our opinion something I get for example much are uh, criticized on by my parents or even my partner is that I yell I, I speak so loud all the time, right? Even if it's just two people sitting at the, the dining table. And they're like, why do you need to yell? All <laughs> and, and I'm like, I think it's because of, of that, because I don't, I'm so sick of being interrupted by men and, and not having that voice. You know what I mean? That yeah. I, it, and I'm like counterbalancing it with yelling, which is not, yeah. it's not a great strategy either. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I also get loud, especially when I get excited. Like if I'm excited about anything, yeah. my volume goes up. And I learned that like years ago because I had an employer say to me in a meeting, keep your voice down. Like she was alarmed. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> But this is exciting. Why are you fishing me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so amongst your clients, what is a, a common pattern that you see and how how do you help them overcome it? A common, well, it's hard to say, like there's not one particular thing, right? It's like a, a range of things. 
So Mm -hmm. often women come to me because they like talking and they, they know I want to focus. I want to find an area to focus on. I like to talk. How do I use this to my advantage? (laughs) Sometimes it's women who are well, men too, but um, the majority is women. Um, How do I make money getting paid? Like you say, I can make money doing this. I'm doing this all the time for free. How do I do that? Um, Some people are speaking at random. And so they're invited to speak at a thing and they do a good job. They sort of wing it, but they realize, well, I probably could have done it better. So you really leave questioning yourself. And mm-hmm. so I like, it's, it's really a range of things. And so what I help them do is get clarity in your message. So you can, and you know, this too, from being an online uh, business is you need to be very niche, right? And it's the same thing with your your talking topics. And um, a lot of the people that come to me, they're either trainers or facilitators in some capacity. And so they want to have their own thing. And they say, I can do all of these things. I'm really good at all of these things. So how do I make money doing all of these things? And so it's also helping them step back and say, that's wonderful. (laughs) You have, you know, a a toolbox that's like overflowing. So we still need to niche down. And so that that's one of the the biggest things that I help people with. And I have some exercises where I, I get them to, you know, pour everything out on a paper, start developing themes and priorities. So that's one of the things. The other thing is, their, their speaker style. So the confidence to be able to show up as your, your own person. So don't, don't like never go into a space feeling like you need to be a certain way. Right. So for example, a lot of uh, things that women deal with and women of color is we think we need to fit in a box in order to be heard. And in some cases, you know, like we can't control what's externally, but how we show up. And if we want to show up more confidently, we need to be really confident in our delivery style. And so I, again, I have processes that I help pe- people go through. And some of those processes are as simple as how do you make eye contact with, mm-hmm. with people? You know, like I, um, I've had a lot of women who present to, like chief and council or uh, board of directors and stuff like that. And they have a really hard time um, making eye contact. So I have a a little exercise and that's a simple one. It's basically you you practice looking at someone for three seconds and then you look away for three seconds and you look back and it's really just trying it out with your kids, trying it out with your partner until you start building the confidence to make eye contact because yeah I love that because you know I was just thinking how you know at the end of the day the real issue is the self-confidence right and and I love how you know you're helping you're showing people and mostly women how by taking action and making those shifts and um changing a few habits that they can actually Mm -hmm. build that self-confidence that you don't need to be self-confident to be able to speak, right? So you can find ways to speak. And the more you do it, the more confident you're going to be as well. Like That's it right. goes both ways, you yeah. know? Yeah. And a lot of it is, is 
mindset, right? Just like everything else. A lot of it is mindset. And what am I saying to myself? How am I pumping myself up? How am I getting ready for my talks? Like those are really big times because if you are, if you spend the, you know, before a talk, you're panicky and you're like, Oh my God, this is going to suck. I'm going to look like an idiot. And that's all you're saying to yourself, as opposed to saying my message is so valuable. I can't wait to tell these women how important and necessary their voices are right like it's totally different how you're 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 setting up your mindset so it's it's definitely a range of things confidence is a is a big one and um but another popular thing is um like how do I charge or how do I make this happen more like how do I get more speaking gigs and it's really about you know, that that's when you get to start looking at your offerings. So you start with your niche topic, you get really confident in your topic. The more confident you are in your topic, the more confident you become as a speaker, because you know, your shit. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then that's when you can start to broaden out to, oh, well, this talk, I talk a lot about this. This is the most common question. And so now I'm going to create a workshop out of it. Like that's, often the way that it goes wow and, and uh, what kind of people usually start giving those speaking gigs because literally you just gave me an idea right now I'm like oh, <laughs> so you know what it's so many different kinds of people it's people in all different kinds of careers for example one of my speakers um, is really passionate about child care and like early okay. childhood education and so she works in the industry And her goal, her name is Rebecca LeRivier, shout out to Rebecca. Um, She wants to be like the ECE hype person. And she's the perfect person to do it because she's so passionate about the work. She's passionate about the value of the work. And because of her experience, she has the, like the, the passion and the experience to be able to talk about it. So that's one example. Um, Mm -hmm. Another example is a woman who a woman who talks a lot about um, diversity, inclusion, um, justice, inclusion, that sort of thing. Her name is Rosie Young, and she talks a lot about um, just diversity. So, like, it's mm-hmm. it's it's everybody. It's so many different people. I work with a lot of CEOs who mm-hmm. they need to speak to large funders or they need to be more confident in talking to a board of directors who are all men, right? Like it's such a variety of, of people. And ultimately it's confident speaking. How do I become a confident speaker? Talk about mm-hmm. whatever I want to talk about. That would be so interesting because you get to see a little bit of, of every industry in a way, you know, and, and seeing people being so passionate about their topic, like really leveling up. Um, and, and really embracing, embodying that expert, you know, identity. Yeah, uh, it would be so gratifying for you. Um, it is. I was yeah. just thinking, what about folks that are, you know, just a regular employee um, that doesn't necessarily want to do speaking gigs or whatever, but just feels shy on the everyday basis to speak up during meetings or things like that, what would you uh, advise to these people? So, yeah, not everyone is, is like ready to say, I want to be a confident speaker because of all things, right? Confident speaking skills are good for all areas. So, um, 
the, the people that most often come through my program are people who like they're at that next level. Right. But I get Mm -hmm. it for people who are like, I just want to, I just want to say what's important to me. I just want to be able Mm -hmm. to feel confident to put my hand up. Ultimately the advice is get really clear on whatever it is that you're passionate about. So if you're at work and let's say you're going to a staff meeting and every week we talk about this one thing that I, I have an opinion on, I have an idea on, but I just, I don't feel comfortable talking about it. So it's really going to be passion, like getting clear on what it is that you believe about that thing. And, and then weighing the fear, because ultimately there's lots of reasons that we're afraid to put our hand up um, or afraid to speak up. A lot of it has to do with past experiences or the environments Mm -hmm. that we continue to find ourselves in, but you need to weigh that fear against the, the passion. Mm-hmm. So it's like, which is oh, bigger, yeah, I love that. right? Which yeah. is bigger yeah. is it, because if my fear is so fucking big, that's going to weigh me down. But if I focus on my passion and I'm like, you know what? I don't, here's a simple example. Maybe it's, um, I, we have a, we're doing renovations in the bathrooms in the building. And right now we have male, female bathrooms and we want non-gender bathrooms And that's something Mm -hmm. that's important to me. How big is that passion? And if you can put your focus into that passion as to why is that so important to you? Do some research. What are reasons to to back up why that's so important to you? And and once that passion is so big, bigger than the fear, then you can't hold back. It's it's impossible. You can't be both places at once. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And in a way, I mean, it's something we do every single day. I mean, maybe you as a speaker coach, uh, you felt that a little less. I mean, I'm sure in the past you felt like that too. But for example, for me showing up online every day, you know, there was a billion reasons why I wouldn't do it before or why it would create so much anxiety inside of me. Alone the fact that English is not my first language, you know what I mean? Like in, mm-hmm. sometimes it's such little stupid things like that that keep you from sharing your message and helping others you know and I I love that you say that because that's really something I help my clients with as well like I think that it's really about finding your purpose your passion like your mission in this life first and when you're clear on that you have that will you have that motivation Mm -hmm. and that contribution you give to the world becomes more important than your fear absolutely Um, I would just add that I think while working on that, it's also important to uh, face your fears and look at them and really work on them. And that's something we both do as part, you know, of, of the book coaching program where we're part of. But um, I think it's it's really important to really ask yourself, okay, why am I so scared of saying what I think? Why? What, what is going to happen? What is my fear behind that? Being rejected, being, being criticized, what is it, you know? And it's a decision. Um, it's a decision. You make the decision. I'm either going to stay in this place and, you know, just kind of fit into the room or I'm going to step forward. It's a decision. It's a, you know, you, you have to think about that clearly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And think in the long run, what is worse? taking the risk to speak Mm -hmm. up or or never saying anything and just staying in that status quo definitely 
Yeah. Um, why is it so important that young professionals, particularly women and, and minorities, um, start sharing their opinions more? I love this question, Estelle. Okay, so this is really good. I hope I, I hope I don't try to like jump into terminologies that I can't even pronounce properly. But ultimately, <laughs> women who make up half of the population and women of color or minorities, it's so important for us to take or to to share our opinions more because we take up such a huge part of the population. And because we live in a world that is designed by white men for white men. And the world is changing. The the pandemic has really, um, see, here's the my terminology. Um, the pandemic has really accelerated change in our world, right? With technology, mm-hmm. with- Disrupted um, our world. Disrupted our world and really shaken things up. And we can no longer rely on previous processes and ways of doing things to serve the world that we see now. Yeah. Women, women of color, they have such um, an opportunity to represent themselves online at work. Many, many of the, the women are still at home taking care of their kids, which is a, you know, a huge place to fill as well but women are so powerful so women in the workplace women online um recognizing that that parenthood and motherhood is such a a huge like that's part of our economy like we act like it's not important we act like it's oh they're unavailable because they're raising kids no that is not the case so Mm -hmm. I think that women and women of color need to speak up, to help shape the world for the world that we're creating, because that's where we have to live. So I love that question. Yes, yes I agree so much <laughs> with you. I love it. And the more women in women of color are going to do it, the more the other ones as well, and the next generations are going to see, uh, are going to have a role model uh, to look up to. They're going to have this representation that will push them as one. Well. It's and yeah, it's going to help them believe in themselves more and in their ability to really reach for their goals. So mm-hmm. I think I also think it's so important. It's so important for the world in general, and it's so important for each individual woman um, that has so much potential and, mm-hmm. and for their own fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. What are, as the speaking expert, what are typical mistakes that are easy to avoid when speaking in public? I think one of the biggest mistakes that's easy to avoid is not practicing. So, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I have to practice. Like, why would I practice? I just want to be good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, I just want to be good at swimming, but unless I practice, I'm just going to drown. Right. Yeah. Um, Athletes like some, the, the top athletes in the world, practice, practice, practice. And, um, you know, some of our Olympic champions have practiced since they were children in order to play, I don't know, an hour in the Olympics or less. It's not about like jumping in and being really good there. I've heard some speakers 
that have never done speaker training and they're incredible. They're, and you know, they leave the crowd going, holy shit, what just happened? Because we just went on this trip. Some speakers are just wildly talented at it, but not all of us are. I am not, I was not born a speaker. It, well, maybe I was, but it was something that I had to work on. I had to practice and everyone can practice. Um, and there's different styles that you can practice how to tell a story, how to be, you know, really engaging, how to like use a call to action, for example, in a way that's inviting mm-hmm. and not salesy. Right there. And, and I think like people, again, people who come to me or people who message me will just say like, oh, I just wing it. And I'm just like, okay, like, how's that going? And, and usually they're like, well, it's not great, but it's fine. Okay. Well, what if it was great? You know, and, and sometimes it's yeah. practicing and sometimes it's investing in speaker coaching that can make it great. And when it's great, you get called back, you get known for that thing. You can charge bigger bucks. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's part of having a, a growth mindset, right? Thinking, okay, maybe I'm not great at this right now, but I can definitely practice and get better and mm-hmm. have more impact that way. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think if you focus on really the, what you want, what you stand for and your passion, then, then you also have more motivation to improve your, your speech abilities. That's um, right. And, and speaking like professional speaking, this is what I've learned is it's not just about, and I guess this is something I need to like think about in my marketing also, is it's not just about like being a professional speaker on stage. Um, A lot of people want to do that. I would say the majority of my clients want to do that, but not everyone does because confident speaking skills helps you advance in your career. It helps you feel confident to ask for a raise. It helps you feel, um, you know, confident, speaking to one person or a hundred people, or I would say 7,500 people, Um, you know, like uh, what's his name again? Um, Warren Buffett says the number one skill that you can invest in is public speaking skills. Like Warren Buffett Mm -hmm. is like one of the richest men in the world. Like I would listen to his advice and I did (laughs) and I did. And, uh, you know, like, I just, I just think confident speaking is so important to, to so many, so, so many facets of your life, not, not just speaking on stage. That's so true. Even, yeah, I feel like even in your relationships, you know, setting boundaries, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Speaking up for yourself, saying yes, saying no, those are really big things. Yeah. People absolutely. are afraid to People are afraid to say that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. That's actually, I think my my next episode's topic: uh, how to set boundaries. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's it's yeah, it's so important, especially at work, especially with uh, the barrier between, you know, our public and our, I mean, our our work life and our personal life. Um, we really need to be able to to set more boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. All right. I'm not going to take more of your time. Just a final question. Sure. Um, how can our listeners find you and what services do you offer? Okay. Excellent question. Thank you. So my podcast is a confidence and communication podcast, and you can listen to that anywhere you find podcasts. 
And just like Estelle, I'm active on Instagram at JessicaDumaso1. And I'm trying to wrap up my TikTok a little bit. Same handle, JessicaDumaso1. And I have a program that is called the Speaking App Program. And it's a six-module program. You get a lifetime membership. And once you join, you're part of a community. And to me, that's my favorite part because we welcome all of our speakers into our private Facebook group. And, um, and when you are working towards a similar goal with people who get it, people who understand makes the entire difference. We have monthly zoom calls. And so no matter how long you're in the program, something comes up that you're like, okay, this month I'm going to the call, then you're welcome to come to the call. And, and I'm excited about that. I love that program. I also offer one-on-one coaching for people who are like ready to just, you know, take that speaking to that next level. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you for showing up today. And uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. I'll see you next week. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much, Estelle. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, so I'll stop recording or pause or stop. What do I do? Yes, yes, you could stop.